You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with The Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with The Bible as Literature podcast. This week, while explaining the terms Qurbano and Minha, Father Paul calls to mind the admonition of Metropolitan Philip to his priests in the U.S. that when offered a gift from someone for priestly service, be they rich or poor, take it and use it for your children. It is your due by the command of the Most High. Do not give freely. Only the Apostle gives freely, and you are not an Apostle. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. In chapter 2, we hear about what is called in English, the cereal offering. So we still have an offering, but we have a specific noun for that. The first one, if you remember, the general offering. It's anything that you bring near, and that's the meaning of the Latin of Pharaoh. But now, this offering, because it's not animalic, in English, we render the cereal offering. But the Hebrew, it's a noun which is very interesting. It's minha, which has the connotation of gift, especially for those who know Arabic. The verb manaha means he granted. And until now, in Arabic, what we refer to in English as scholarship, in Arabic it is referred to as minhat, which is exactly the Hebrew word minha. And we all know that a scholarship, and when it is complete we add full, but scholarship refers to that part of what is given to you free of charge. It's not a loan. It's a scholarship. One more time. In Arabic, scholarship, you can Google it. Write it down. Okay, and then Google. Scholarship in Arabic, you're going to have the word minhat. And since you don't know Arabic, you press the button of the sound and you're going to hear minha or minhat. There you go. But then the precision is very interesting and I want to take my time on that so that you absorb the original and not what you perceive as a movie through your own eyes or the explanation of your priest and pastor that does not know Hebrew. The text continues... His offering, when anyone brings a minha, 
as an offering to the Lord, which is Qurban, his offering, and the text says, Qurbano. So the text refers to the original word that means offering. When you hear it this way, then in your mind, the Ula of chapter 1 and the Minha in chapter 2 are connected in that each one is ultimately an offering, and thus you're talking about a different kind of offering. Here, because the offering is not fully sacrificed, it doesn't disappear totally, we have a portion that goes to the priests, and I'm sure you've heard about that, but let me read you verse 3. And the priest shall burn this at its memorial portion upon the altar, an offering by fire, a pleasing order to the Lord. Again, you could see the parallelism between the Holocaust and the cereal offering. But something is left, and what is left of the cereal offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. And this is the basis of the statement that the priest shall make his living from the altar, his service. And here I would like to recollect for you that situation, especially for when you have a convert priest in North America or even a cradle Orthodox priest whose parents are from Syria and Lebanon and Palestine, and, but who was born here and influenced by this fantastic Protestant approach to the matter that you should give freely. Well, absolutely, but that pastor who gives freely you pay him at the end of the month, so let's not play games. So in our tradition, the priest goes and blesses the homes at Epiphany. And in the old countries, the villagers did not give him money. There was no money. They would give him eggs, a chicken or something for him to eat. With time, you know, in the cities, this became an offering in money. So you put something in the pocket of the priest. Now, the North American priests used to go to Sayyidina Philip, but you know, it doesn't look good. I love them when uh, in their self-righteousness. It doesn't look good. How can you take on? Are you kidding me? The parish is paying your salary and paying into the social security and your insurance. Let's not play games. So Sayyidina Philip used to answer simply directly, take it. Otherwise, you would be insulting the person who is giving you according to that person's capability. Like the person can give you 
$300, a rich man. Take it and use it for your children. But the other one may give you just $5 or $1 and you take, you don't argue. Okay, that would be my comment regarding that business of the part that goes to the priest. In other words, it is your due by command of the Most High. You take it and you do not give freely because only the Apostle does that. And you, sweetheart, are not an Apostle. Repeat after me. You are not an apostle in spite of what you are told on the website of your churches. The prophets of the Old Testament are gone for good. All you have is their writings. The apostles of the New Testament are gone. All you have is their writings. All you can be is a New Testament prophet, which means a preacher in the community. Let's move to chapter 3, which deals with what we hear in English as a sacrifice of peace offering. Here we have Zebah, which is from a verb that means to slaughter, and thus sacrifice is technical here. You have to slaughter an animal. But the Zebah is Zebah Shalamim, which is the plural of Shalom, peace, which means of peace. And then, if a man's offering is a zebah sholabim, korbano, that is his offering, notice we have again that word korban that we heard of in chapter 1, and then chapter 2, and now chapter 3. So everything is ultimately something you bring nearer to God, and that is the meaning of Korban. But now we have a sacrifice. We have that word that we did not hear before, something that is going to be slaughtered. If he offers an animal from the herd, Bakar, in Arabic, bakar means the herd, meaning cow. Okay, so that's different than the lamb. That's why in chapter 6, the author will go and deal with an animal from the flock, which in Hebrew is son. So we have two words, son, which is flock, and bakar, which is herd. It's a generic singular word. You have examples in English, for instance, the flock, the herd is general. But sometimes you have words that are the same in the plural and the singular. 
for instance, deer in English. When you say the deer, you may intend the individual deer, and you may refer to the entire herd. So again, let's give in to the fact that languages are languages. You just take them the way they are. But since our original text is Hebrew, I'm trying not to overwhelm you, but to explain to you what the Hebrew is saying. In this case, it so happens that in English, we have two words, herd and flock. So, bakar and son. Okay? One more time in verse 5, you see the connection between all the offerings that ultimately they have to have a pleasing odor to the Lord. And God smells the smoke that comes up to him. So ultimately, you have to visualize it like that. Then you have a mention of the offering of the flock, and then more specifically, as you hear in verse 6, if he offers a lamb for his offering, he shall offer it before the Lord, and then it tells you how to do that. And then the interesting thing that we have included these two animals that are akin, and you have it in all languages because it's a reality. You have the sheep and the goat. Okay? Or the sheep and the goats. See how in this case the goat has a plural goats, but the sheep does not have a plural like deer, sheep, sheep. That's how the language works. That becomes very important especially in Matthew in 25, because goats are known that they like to run around. It's very hard to have a flock of goats. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.